0: Welcome to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg from the Herald Times, and today we're going to talk about the topic of arts in our communities in the uh, WFIU area. We have uh, three guests in the studio. Mary Catherine couldn't be with us today, but we, but I have three guests uh, with me. Uh, the Executive Director of Arts, Ileana, John Robison, Robison with a, a long O, right? You got it. Okay. Executive Director for Columbus Area Arts Council, Warren Baumgart. And uh, Mark Cheetah is here. He's the performance director and tech director for the Bloomington Area Arts Council, uh, particularly at the Waldron. Hello. If you have questions or comments today, please phone us at 855-0811 or 877-285-9348. Or you can send your email to noon at indiana.edu. And uh, welcome to all of you. John made the long drive over, and so did Warren, and and Mark just came from down
1: the street. It was a long bike ride, though, getting <laughs> here.
0: <laughs> well, thanks for being here. I, the uh, you know we're we're here. The studios in Bloomington, um, so we all uh, are very proud of the arts scene here and in, in our community. But each of you live in communities that are that are very vi- have very vibrant arts scenes too. So, John, let's start with you and, and talk about. Um, Arts Ileana, you know, what your area is and
2: and sort of what your job is. Sure. Uh, We are the Arts Council of the Wabash Valley. Um, We're centered in Terre Haute. We have uh, six surrounding counties uh, in Indiana
3: and two in Illinois, Clark and Edgar County.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. And Warren?
3: Um, We are Region 9 of the state of Indiana, so we serve nine counties that go from Bartholomew County due east all the way to Ripley in Ohio County. And um, and we serve the Bartholomew County and Columbus uh, metropolitan area as well with um, fundraising and uh, arts programming. OK. And Mark? Uh,
1: well, the Bloomington Area Arts Council also serves uh, several regions. We have uh, Monroe, Green, Brown, Owen and Lawrence County. And uh, officially, as of Tuesday of this week, uh, we've changed our mission statement to include uh, Morgan County. Um, and we actually had the Arts Council's annual meeting in Martinsville on Tuesday uh, to show support and solidarity with the surrounding areas.
0: OK. Now, let's talk a little bit about how that those wide ranging um, areas, um, contribute to, or maybe detract from your mission when you're trying, because the arts aren't the same in each one of the communities. You, you all have a sort of a large area to draw from. John, let's start with you.
2: Well, I think a lot of that starts from the leadership from the, uh, Indiana Arts Commission to promote the concept of regionalism. It's popular with community and economic development, and I think it works well with the arts. Um, really, you know, most places, certainly our area, region six, uh, Vigo County is kind of that epicenter of, of commerce and shopping, and it works well with arts and culture as well. Mm-hmm. Okay.
3: Yeah, I think the uh, Indiana Arts Commission's um, decision to decentralize their funding model was a great idea because I think in a lot of states, there, the state arts funding will get concentrated to a lot of urban areas and a lot of more the more rural communities feel like they're left out. And by decentralizing and making a uh, a partner – with various organizations around the state, gives us the responsibility, like the Columbus Area Arts Council, our responsibility is to push that state arts funding out into really rural areas. And actually, we we like to brag that we have one of the most rural regions in the state. We have one county that does not have a single um, incorporated municipality in the entire county. and. Our job is to get that state arts money out into those communities and make sure that artists and arts organizations and community organizations that do arts and culture can see some of that money and support their work. Okay. And and Mark, let let me direct
0: that a little bit differently. I mean, you've just added Morgan County. so, So how do you now spread that pie and spread all your time and everybody else's time at the Arts Council a little bit further?
1: Unfortunately, I fall into a slightly different category. I work for the Bloomington Area Arts Council, but my primary... Function is to operate the the performances and events generated out of the John Waldron Art Center, mm-hmm. so I personally am not in the surrounding communities as much uh, as as these gentlemen obviously are, mm-hmm. and I and the arts can. There's other people in the organization that are. Are much more versed they're, they're at the responsible outreach,ing for that. primarily Bloomington and the local organizations here, and uh, the performers are more my area of specialty. Do you have any sense, uh, and,
0: and you may not because of your your specific responsibilities, but mm-hmm. any sense of of how uh,
1: the Waldron draws people from the surrounding area versus Bloomington? Um, I think the Waldron, the Waldron, and, and I think this is true of, of most uh, venues at this point. Really. Uh, a lot of the audience turnout is uh, is event specific it depends on who's involved with the event I know when there's there's a group interaction, uh, theater, Diane Conrad, uh, that will put on performances at the Waldron, and she can draw heavily from Marion County and some of the surrounding because of her sway. Mm-hmm. One of the ways that we're really reaching out is uh, we're happy to announce that Cardinal Stage Company has moved most of their season to the Waldron this year, and they're such a, a high-class organization. They're an organization that does such fine uh, attention to detail outreach through the schools and surrounding communities that by bringing organizations in like that, we're able to get our word out to, to the larger communities. And our mailing and medias go out to about 65 news organizations in all of the surrounding counties as opposed to Bloomington Mm -hmm. specific. We might as well mention that Cardinal's performing now at the— They do. uh, Last Friday, they opened their uh, production of Diary of Anne Frank, which is a newly reworked adaptation of it. Uh, they've actually had the playwright in town to do some talkbacks with the community. They've done a couple performances solely for uh, middle school and high school students. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been a great success so far. It's wonderful working with them.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, John, let's talk about the Terre Haute and the arts in Terre Haute. What, what are some of the strengths that you would point to?
2: Well, absolutely. There, it, there's fantastic things going on. Uh, we're kind of having uh, an awakening over there. Uh, we have lots of outdoor sculpture being put up. Our performing arts venues throughout the communities are putting together amazing productions. Um, and, you know, one thing I do have to plug we've got uh, Artsiliana promoting uh, Live Music Month right now. Um, and we're using this as a, a promotional vehicle to highlight some of the wonderful uh, musical venues that are going on. Um, and we have a performance tonight at Artsiliana. Uh, we have a, a, an art exhibition opening, and Mother Lode's going to be coming to play, and it's free. Mm-hmm. free right? yeah that's always good,
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh Warren uh, Columbus is known for architecture mm-hmm. but I'm sure that that's not where the arts stop in Columbus, so talk about some of the strengths there
3: well, um gosh, I think the architecture, the love for the architecture and for design has really fed the um the whole creative mind and the arts mentality in Columbus and Bartholomew County so there's a lot of support for the arts we have a professional Philharmonic orchestra that's opening their season um, this weekend um, and uh, that's really unusual and And they're well supported by the community um, that's very unusual for a community our size we have a, a dance studio that does professional professional ballet they tr- train um, uh Young people to dance classically and then they bring in professionals in the dance ballet world, classical dance ballet world to um, coach and teach in their studio. They do the Nutcracker every year that the community looks forward to. Um, We have public art uh, is, is very welcomed in our community. Years ago in the 70s, we brought in a Henry Moore and set it in front of our, our library and that sculpture has been a beloved symbol of our community for a long time and I think that kind of fed the whole idea of having large pieces of sculpture around the community. The Arts Council got into um, a – three years ago, we got into a program of doing loan work where we we borrow large pieces of sculpture and have them in town for a couple of years and then – Move them out and bring in something new, so we always got kind of a rotating collection of large pieces of public art that we uh, that we enjoy and talk about a lot, as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of there's a lot of support in Columbus, and we're very very lucky at the Arts Council to have that kind of support and be in a community where people really value having art around them in their lives. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, We're talking about the importance of art in a community and, and the arts in a community. Uh, the, my guests today are Mark Cheetah from the Bloomington Area Arts Council, Warren Baumgart from the uh, – he's the executive director for the Columbus Area Arts Council and John Robeson who is the executive director of Arts Ileana. If you have questions or comments. Please phone us at 855-0811 or 877-285-9348 or you can send email to noon at indiana.edu. Um, it, it's probably worth worth noting that you know, we're sitting here in Bloomington and, of course, Indiana State's in Terre Haute and you know we don't have university representatives, so a lot of the arts and a lot of art performances that happen in Bloomington um, is sort of unrepresented today because the university doesn't have anybody here and in Indiana State doesn't have anybody here. But there is a lot of uh, arts activity outside of the university as well and that's sort of what we're focused on today. I want to give each of you – each each of the three of you the opportunity to just answer the question, you know, what is art? What is public art? What is art? How, how would you describe that? I mean, if somebody – if you're speaking to a rotary club and somebody asks you that question, you know what are you gonna say,
1: Mark? Um, I, you know I've, I've been dreading that question a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I come from Sorry. A, I'd, I come from a background that I'm not uh, what I would consider myself an artist. Uh, I've kind of fallen into administrative work uh, with the arts. And as I go back to question why I am doing this um, and, and primarily why I've, I've kind of paid my dues as, as most people do in this field for so long is the fact that it's uh, art to me is, a, is an event that brings the community together. It, it's community as, as we've said a few times, art in the community. Uh, really, uh, artists, the people that go to artistic events, really create a subculture in a community in Bloomington, uh, in, in, any commun- in any town, and that's what defines Bloomington to me. Uh, I've been here almost 20 years at this point, uh, came here originally for the university. I've tried to leave Bloomington several times, uh, including uh, fishing in Alaska. Working in Oregon, and I've always come back to Bloomington, and I've been back about ten years at this point. Mm-hmm. And it comes down to uh, the people that I know, the relationships that I've had, and it's it's primarily always been focused around the arts community, a little bit more music oriented uh, mm-hmm. up until the last few years. Mm-hmm. And
0: well, let's. I want to stay with you for a minute because the Waldron is one of a couple of uh, major venues in, in Bloomington. Um, the busker Chumley being the other. Um, why don't you describe uh, again your sort of feelings and your um, uh, perspective on on what the Waldron is and the range of opportunities that there
1: are at the Waldron Arts Center here? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Waldron Arts Center, uh, which is located at Fourth and Walnut down in Bloomington, uh, the first thing that's really striking about the building is it's the old city hall for for the area or for Bloomington. Uh, it used to be the police station, the fire department, the mayor's offices, and the city court. So it has a really nice sense of history. Uh, the Bloomington Area Arts Council moved into that site in 1992. Uh, and it, it features two performance venues, uh, two, uh, two dedicated art galleries, uh, two classrooms, and a kiln to, for teaching traditional arts to the community or making that available. And uh, and then, of course, the organizational, the Arts Council is operated out of that – out of the building also is also operated out of the John Walden Arts Center. And so to me, it's just very – it's wonderful to have a community venue right downtown, uh, close to everything, uh, working in a community that's doing so much to try to promote the arts with the BEAD initiatives uh, that have been started by the mayor's office the already active subculture and art scene that has has existed uh, in unison with the university and the town itself. Yeah, and Bede, we should say, is a Bloomington entertainment uh, and arts district. Correct. So,
0: okay. Um, Warren, sort of a, a question about Columbus. Um, the venues in Columbus are, I, I know you have several venues, but you also have a big project going on downtown. How is the arts going to
3: play into the new downtown? Right. Well, and and we're in transition because we lost the commons. The commons is closed and has been demolished and is going to be rebuilt. Um, And the Arts Council managed that space as a public civic performance space and exhibition space. So the Arts Council, our offices were actually in the building. We've had to move to temporary offices in the meantime. And we've become kind of nomadic because as we uh, used to have this space to not only um, manage for the community, but we also had it for our own uh, arts events, arts and cultural events. Now we have to find other alternative sites around town. So we're using parks and rec facilities and other facilities that we can get for um, um, arts, performance arts. Um, But uh, what we look forward to is a great new space and the space – the community is committed to a civic performance and exhibition space we want a place that is even better than it ever was for concerts for performances of all types for plays and dance concerts and things like that it's also used for banquets and for fundraisers. We have everything – the commons used to be used for everything from Pinewood Derby for the Cub Scouts. I mean it was truly a um, a community space. We miss it greatly. Um, but it is only a matter of time before we have a bigger and better space and the arts are definitely a part of that. We've been consulted all along the line about about – Sound system and stage sizes and dressing rooms and things like that because they know that that space needs to be really a great space for um, performing arts. Mm-hmm. And um,
0: John, how about in Terre Haute facilities? Uh, well, the
2: universities do play uh, a very large part. Uh, Rose Holman, St. Mary's of the Woods, Indiana State University, even Ivy Tech has you know great space. Um, but, you know, one of our crown jewels in Terre Haute is the Swope Art Museum. Uh, they have truly a world-class art collection of American artwork. So we've got kind of that mix between university spaces and, you know, community-based mm-hmm. spaces. And what uh, – and I – you know,
0: I've, I guess I want to ask both of you, John and, and Warren, about the draw into your communities. Do you see a lot of people who come from, you know, a, an hour away to participate
3: in arts events – I think we're pretty pretty lucky. I mean um, uh, we're right off the interstate so it's easy for people to get to. I think with the gas prices and the economy being what it is, people are looking for um, closer to home uh, opportunities. Um, We definitely market to a regional audience, uh, encouraging people to come to Columbus. We've got great new hotels, um, uh, lots of bed and breakfast, a lot of opportunities for people to stay the weekend. For instance, um, not this weekend but next weekend, we've got a whole collection of things happening starting on Friday and running through Sunday including um, an open iron pour on Friday night which is open to the public which will have music and food and drinks and and uh, is an incredible visual event and then we go to – we have an Americana Music Festival on Saturday. There's a, uh, a 15K run that's a certified run that's Saturday morning. Um, Sunday we have Hope Heritage Days, which is a big thing out in in the little little town in Bartholomew county of hope um, we are we do all of our marketing to a to a um, a wide range of People local uh, in the region who can come into Columbus and choose to come into Columbus and maybe stay for the weekend or um, come by for the whole day or whatever. So we definitely are marketing to that to that group. We don't have a large university. We don't have a lot of facilities. We use our parks and our um, and our um, gr- the great facilities we have that are public facilities and. Um, and um, and encourage people to come and discover Columbus.
0: And before I let you off the hook on the uh, "what is art" question, I want okay. to go back to that. So. <laughs> I don't want to make Mark that. the only one to answer that.
3: <laughs> well, um, I, you know, like you—you ha- you figure that it's uh, there's some kind of a product that is going to be art, whether it's it's something visual, whether it's something you're listening to, if it's something you're watching. There's some kind of a product that that is the the uh, the art, and it's manipulated by the the human being so that's what sets it aside from just nature nature is is um, certainly beautiful and certainly inspiring but it's not particularly art as a definition that I'm working with is stuff that's that's manipulated by a human being and then the important thing is that it, it brings out it creates an emotion and believe me in Columbus we say. You may hate it. You may love it. But at least you've had a reaction to it. You know what I mean? So um, we want them, people, even people who are um, – who hate a piece that's out there, a piece of public art or a, or a piece of music that's performed by the Philharmonic. We want them to have an emotional experience and, um, and that's what we think that is important about art is that it creates it inspires. It gives us um, some kind of an emotional – a feeling. Um, and uh, that's an important part of it. It has an aesthetic that's that's important. Mm-hmm. Okay, John,
2: I think there's something commemorative about art. It's an abstract manifestation of, of things that that are important to a community. Um, something that might have celebrated, you know, heritage, something from the past, something that just kind of screams out of what we want our community to be like. Um, and in that respect, I think that it, it's very important to you – know, for people to use that outlet to really express what's important to them and their community. Mm-hmm. And what's
0: your draw in Terre Haute? Do you have a marketing area that you're trying to attract people to come from?
2: We would like to be – we'd like to – I would like to see more and more people come. Okay. You know, we're right off I-70 um, and you know, if you ask me, there's never enough people because mm-hmm. the quality of the performances, the exhibitions, the poetry, it, it's so high. The amount of artists we have – in our region is I, I'm constantly surprised, um, which I would match you know per capita with any you know cultural touchstone in the nation. I mean, really, we have a lot of artists, so I want to get as many people there as possible. Um, but we really are drawing more and more regionally, and I think that you know the economy and gas prices might have something to do with that, where people are choosing not to go, you know, a hundred miles right. for something. Yeah.
3: You know, I wanted to mention sure. when you. Uh, He he reminded me of the fact that for instance the Arts Council in Columbus, we support um, the uh, Historical Society in Columbus and people are always asking me what does that have to do with the arts and why does the Arts Council raise money to help support them and and I like to say that one of the important things is that the Historical Society, the the things that are, the the heritage arts are an important part of what we we also want to um, uh, preserve and when i talk about what they're going to find at the historical society that's artistic it's going to be people's writings it's going to be incredible photography it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be artwork it's going to be portraits of people's family members that were painted years ago things like that and that is definitely something that's a part of the arts and the arts preserves that cultural heritage that's so important to all of our communities and helps us kind of um, own our identity.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, Warren, you mentioned the uh, I believe the the Philharmonic in Columbus mm-hmm. is a professional organization and, and uh, you mentioned one other that's professional, but um, I know in Bloomington, Cardinal Stage actually is a professional stage company mm-hmm. and Bloomington Symphony Orchestra is a professional orchestra. Um, the Pops may be. I'm not certain about all the Yeah. I'm not sure if there's that yeah. status. And then there's a lot of volunteers. In, uh, in Terre Haute, do you have professional arts organizations? Oh, we have
2: a fantastic Terre Haute Symphony Orchestra. Uh, they're the longest running uh, professional orchestra in, in Indiana in the history and their next performance is uh, a week from Saturday um, and you absolutely need to go to artsaliana.org where we've got a listing of all the events coming up if you want more information mm-hmm. but our symphony is incredible
0: we're going to go to a break in a minute but I do want to since uh, John mentioned artseliana.org their uh, Arts website dot uh Columbus Area Arts Council's website is www.artsincolumbus.org and, or artsincolumbus.org we would say Bloomington Area Arts Council is www.artlives.org so uh, those are three websites, and we'll try to give them to you again. Uh, again, we're talking about arts in your community in communities all throughout South Central Indiana. Uh, if you have comments or questions, please uh, get online, 855-0811 or 877-285-9348. Or you can send your email to noon at indiana.edu. You're listening to Noon Edition. We'll be right back.
4: www.southdunnstreet.info If you're a person on the go, you can take WFIU programs with you. We're podcasting. Podcasting is a convenient and easy way to download audio files directly to your computer. Listen anytime from your computer, iPod, or portable player. You can download podcasts of full-length programs like Noon Edition, Ask the Mayor, and Harmonia, or short features like Kinsey Confidential. The Ether Game Musical Mini Quiz, and movie play and opera reviews. You can find out how with a visit to our website at wfiu.org.
0: Welcome back to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Salzberg from the Herald Times. And Mary Catherine couldn't be with us today, but I have three great guests. We're talking about the arts in South Central Indiana. Um, The Executive Director of Arts, Ileana John Robeson, is here. Uh, Warren Baumgart, the Executive Director for the Columbus Area Arts Council. And Mark Cheetah, who's the Performance Director and uh, the Technical Director for the Waldron Arts Center, uh, working with the Bloomington Area Arts Council. If you have questions or comments, please phone us at 855-0811 or 877-285-9348. Or you can send your email to noon at indiana.edu. Um, when the arts comes up as a topic, we always have to talk about funding. I think that's always important. I know most arts organizations are usually have a fund drive of some sort going. Some, there's some government support. Um, I want to start with, uh, with John and talk about you know how – Arts Ileana is funded, and okay. whether you know whether you have more money than you can use. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: Unfortunately, that's not the case. Um, you know, pretty much, almost all federal and state dollars that that fund a lot of you know performances that happen in the Wabash Valley come through Arts Iliana. and that comes from uh, the Indiana Legislature and the NEA. Um, So there are – in the city of Terre Haute, uh, yesterday we had a little news conference over at our office where uh, the mayor handed out some uh, awards. So we have some support from the city of Terre Haute. But pretty much otherwise, if it's not raised um, from person to person, it comes through uh, the legislature.
0: Mm -hmm. And do you have a – is there an arts – Artsiliana annual fund drive. Oh, or you, you... bet! <laughs> yeah,
2: actually, we're getting we're getting very close to uh, sending out our typical membership drive that we do every year, um, and then of course you might have heard of Tablescapes that we do up in, uh, in Terre Haute, um, and that takes place then of February usually, and that's kind of our personal. Those two are, are big thrust our big thrusts for fundraisers. Okay, so describe Tablescapes. Oh, that's it's really something to see. Um, We have typically uh, between 20 and 30 people that come in and we've done it for the last couple of years at the Clabber Girl Museum and uh, they've been very generous with their space and their talents and people come in and they design a table around a theme. Um, We're open for three days. People just come in for five bucks to look around, vote for their favorite table and we have a dinner and a silent auction um, and close it up on Saturday. It's it's amazing. Mm -hmm. All right. And how
3: about the Columbus
2: Area Arts Council?
3: Well, we do, We also get some support from the state of Indiana through the Indiana Arts Commission because of our partnership and because of the work that we do in the region, in the Region 9 with the uh, nine counties. Um, we get some support from them. We also get some support from the city of Columbus through their Parks and Recreation Department. But outside of that, we have to do all of our own fundraising as well. Um, we have a, uh, an annual gala event that we do that this year will be October 25th. Um, and that's a um, high-ticket price event. We've also designed a block party in the middle of the summer that we also use as a fundraising event, and we make that a very low and expensive ticket event so we feel like we're reaching out to the entire community to help support the arts. And we have a United Arts Fund in Columbus. Um, I don't believe there's very many of them. You don't have one, do you? No. I know at Fort Wayne has one. There's not very many of them. There's about 60 around the country, and this is a, a fund that's designed after the United Way Model And that is that the Arts Council goes out and raises money um, for a fund and then turns around and disperses it to arts organizations, arts projects, art teachers, uh, artists themselves to support their work. And um, so that's a major campaign that we do every year Um, and actually this year our gala event, we will split – the net that we make on our gala event with just general operating support for the Arts Council and the United Arts Fund so part of that money will go back out into the community to support the arts
0: I think the the way I understand the United Way works at least here is that there are There's then a board that that makes allocations Mm -hmm. to different organizations that are part. Is that how it works or or can somebody Um, apply with one project?
3: Well, it's both. I mean we we basically have – we have what we call our kind of founding membership, which are some of the uh, larger, well-established arts organizations in Columbus, say like the Philharmonic, which, um, yes, they all have to apply every year. There's an application process we kind of mix that with the application process that they need to do for state funding and then um, then there's a panel that reviews their application and decides how much money based on how much we've raised is going to be distributed. But they may also look, there will be a little piece of that will be set aside for small projects, um, mini grants, um, a school teacher that wants to bring in an artist into the classroom or something like that as well.
0: Okay. Um, We have a few emails that have come in so I'll ask these before we go to mark with another question all right um, the first question uh is last year at an arts festival in west lafayette I had an interesting conversation with a popcorn vendor a woman who had farmed in three different small midwestern towns with colleges she said that though she enjoyed west lafayette she had a special fondness for bloomington and she felt that having not just a college but a liberal arts college distinguished bloomington from other regional college towns any response from any of you any uh, Mark, do you want to try to respond to that? Uh,
1: can you repeat the email again? I'm sorry.
0: Yeah. Well, it had to do with – basically I'll, I'll summarize it. A woman who said that she's been in many smaller towns in the Midwest that have colleges but, but she has a special fondness for Bloomington because of its liberal arts um, okay. university. And she wonders if, if that makes a difference.
1: Oh I'm sure that uh you know I think that Bloomington is is essential to the university is essential to Bloomington it's been such a you know eight I imagine the university was the late 1800s or so and there's a, it's led to a very highly uh, educated population in Bloomington and the surrounding areas a lot of people including myself have decided to stay in the area after finishing college mm-hmm. okay
3: you know I I always am kind of jealous of the univer- of the communities that have a university, a big university, because, um, say for instance, in Columbus, we don't have a lot of opportunity for the residents of Columbus to see opera, mm-hmm. you know. Um, Universities that have a liberal arts program and maybe have a music department and maybe occasionally do musicals or do some kind of an opera performance gives their residents that opportunity to bring their families and have, expose their kids to opera. And it's hard for us in Columbus to, to have that experience. There's other things that, I, you know, um, we don't have quite... We have a great community theater group in town that does um, a summer musical every year and it's spectacular. But we don't have a lot of theater outside of that you know, for people to go to. They have to drive to Bloomington or to Indianapolis to see theater. And I, I am often jealous of the university towns that have student productions all the time that people can go have a chance to go to.
1: There's, there is a slight double-edged sword with that in the sense that if, when you look to see what you'd like to do in an evening of Bloomington – There may be eight or ten events that are going on, and and almost all of them are very high quality. And so you have to pick and choose what's important to you. Mm -hmm. It's yeah, it's embarrassment of
2: riches
0: sometimes. Mm Yeah,
2: John. And you know that speaks to kind of what I was saying. The universities are so important. They certainly are in the Wabash Valley to the arts scene. You know, they attract students, they attract professors, they attract a lot of arts, and they produce a lot of fantastic arts that people in the community can share in. Now to the question of the. Difference between a liberal arts college and some of the larger universities. I mean, we have a technical institute, we have a public university, um, well, we do have a liberal liberal arts college. You know, the other universities, I, I don't see a big difference. They they bring in a lot of quality production. So,
0: mm-hmm. all right. Well, we're going to go to the phone before I get back to the email. And our phone caller is Stan. Stan, go ahead. Hi, um, I've just tuned in. So, pardon me if you've already had this discussion, but. I'm concerned, given the budget crunches of cutback in arts and music in the public schools, where where I believe it has to begin as part of a, uh, and I use the term broadly, liberal education in the best sense of the word. I, I wonder, having heard you say something about distribution to teachers of this fund, whether it's possible to raise funds to augment the budget, whether that requires special legislative Uh, passage or or whether it can be done and whether it's a useful way of going about it.
3: Warren, do you want to try that? Well, I I know for a fact that um, the current leadership at the Indiana Arts Commission is actually um, really looking at how they can focus more and that they're making this kind of a priority for the state of Indiana and the arts is arts education and, and, and arts in the classroom. Um, and I don't know that it requires any special legislation for any teacher to write a grant. Teachers are in public schools are are allowed to seek funding for special projects and, and they can write a grant or apply to a, a funder or to a corporation has sponsorship or something for any project. It's finding teachers – those opportunities, and then they are so strapped for time, and they may not feel qualified enough to write a, an application, or write the letter, or make the request. Um, the arts council gets requests all the time, and we feel bad but we can't can't fill them all. You know, it's 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 a difficult it's a difficult time for all of us, and we try to be. Careful about, you know, how we distribute the money and that it's fair to everyone. So um, we try really hard, and we're always looking for ways to raise more money to put more more arts in the schools. Um, I think that all school, at least in our communities, the three of us probably would say that our school systems are pretty committed to the arts in the classroom. But we'd always like to see more. Sure, uh, funding's a huge problem
2: in the schools. Um, and a lot of that starts at mandates from the federal level um, and certainly property tax issues. But, you know, we have over in our area we keep seeing, you know, an art teacher retires. Another one steps in, and some go to multiple schools and it's it's a problem mm-hmm.
0: well, I have an email question that really this segues very well into that because part two of my question of the question is you know many people say no child left behind has has shoved arts out of the schools. Um, has that changed the role of your organizations um, when it comes to you know educating kids about the arts
1: I think that uh, uh, There's a lot, if somebody in the community analyzes the problem, such as, say, a teacher in a particular school area, you know, quite often it's really helpful to have somebody come to us with their thoughts, with potentially an idea and see what happens with that. One of the things uh, that the Bloomington Area Arts Council is involved with is a jazz in the schools program coordinated with Monica Herzig and they will actually go out and perform concerts into all of the surrounding areas for any schools that are interested to begin hopefully inspiring somebody to want to pick up some musical training. Uh, and then from there, we can take individuals to the the funding sources and the areas that they uh, that they are interested in. We the Arts Council has a lot of. We work more with organizations to go out into the community to solve their problems. Whether that be a, a dance troupe like Windfall Dancers that might want to reach out do uh, do a program in the schools. And uh, there's a Dr. Music's little band school, uh, an organization in town that actually uh, works out of St. Charles, but does private contemporary music lessons for students. And quite often there is funding if you can, if you're interested, and and call, you know, give the arts councils any of us calls, and we'll put you in touch with appropriate people to start looking for information. It's probably a good time to mention that the IU School
0: of Music the Kelly, or the uh, Jacobs School of Music has um, plans to start a violin program in the first grade at uh, Fairview School. Nice. Put a violin in everybody's yep. hand over there. John?
2: And I think what, what Mark spoke very well to of, you know, in our roles with arts councils is how this has affected us is really um, us having to respond constantly to try and help teachers have what they need. Whether it's getting an artist in the classroom, finding events to help, you know, get them to come out to, you know, I I think that that's been we see them have a lack of resources to do some quality programming for their students, and I think we've had to respond
3: kind of on the fly with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have. uh, I I, one of the. Things the joys about working in the arts is that most of us are pretty creative people, even though we might be administrators. We're pretty creative, and, and so creative problem solving is pretty pretty much a part of what we do. But in Columbus, for instance, I, I mentioned this open iron pour. We're going to have ten professional artists in down in the downtown area at Millrace Park um, all week uh, preparing for the poor. So we went to the three schools that are within walking distance of where this open iron pour is going to be went to them, two, two public elementary schools or elementary and middle school and then one private elementary school and we said, if you want to walk your kids over, we can have a meet the artist thing. The artist can talk to them about the whole process and all this and we aren't getting art classes. We're getting science classes and history classes. Columbus, Bartholomew County has a history in the foundry industry, a pretty big one. So um, there's a lot of interest in in that. So – we're ending up with almost 300 students that are going to come down to Millrace Park and interact with artists are going to see this pro- talk about this process who are going to come back with their parents Friday night and see the spectacle and all that and it doesn't – we don't have – the schools don't have to get a school bus, pay for gas or, or um, do anything but walk their kids over provided it's not raining and, and have that experience. And we feel like that's, that's the way we creatively problem-solve the whole issue of getting more arts experiences in the classroom.
0: In addition to that,
3: uh, and this is also on one of these email questions, is, is
0: are there other specific outreach programs for kids that might not involve the school corporations?
1: Well, the, the Bloomington Arts Council, since we are housed in the Waldron, we have uh, two – we do teach arts classes out of there uh, and there are scholarships for most of those classes for families that have some hardship issues. Uh, Bloomington is blessed to have rhinos, uh, a youth club in town that uh, has some audio classes, mosaic design classes, even some marketing classes for people interested in the musical arts. Uh, are two examples in town here.
2: Okay, John. Um, over in Paris, Illinois, the Bicentennial Gallery—they've got classes for students. Certainly, the Swope Art Museum has a fantastic summer program that just finished up, and their attendance—you know—at at all of these just speaks to the need for more opportunities for students. But I think that's why I show. The community community based organizations responding to that need.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have uh, the Columbus Indiana Philharmonic has a violin program in a couple of the elementary schools. The Columbus Area Arts Council has uh, what we call First Fridays for Families, which is the first Friday of the month for six months during the winter time, in which we have a live uh, professional performances for children and their parents. That's free of charge on a Friday evening, early after after work. Mm-hmm. And um, we try to make all of that accessible to the public in as um, not only because it's free but also because it's in public places that people can easily get to and people want to come with their families and spend time.
0: We have representatives from uh, arts organizations in Columbus, Terre Haute, and Bloomington uh, with us today. So if you have any questions or comments, please phone us at 855-0811 or 877-285-9348 or send your email to noon at edu. I want to get quickly to this email because we it's something that we referred to earlier. It says, uh, would you explain what you mean by a professional orchestra? Is this different? Than a or from a community orchestra, I assume that professional means players get paid versus unpaid for community orchestras.
3: That's exactly right in Columbus, and we have a um, we also have a community orchestra in which everyone is a volunteer and they are allowed to play because they love to play, and um, and they are very popular. They have a, a, a total season and they uh, they um, uh, uh, perform regularly every year. The reason we bring up the professional one is often because it's a much more expensive thing to have a professional orchestra. And when we talk about how well the community of Columbus supports the arts, knowing that they can raise the money and sell the tickets to concerts, you know, 60 musicians who are all getting paid to perform classical music is I, I guess was my example of why, why Columbus is, um, definitely supports the arts.
2: Mm-hmm. And that's that holds true with Terre Haute as well. We have a Terre Haute community band that's immensely popular, and they do fantastic work. And then we have our professional uh, or- symphony orchestra, Terre Haute Symphony Orchestra, which is it's union. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, um,
0: I, I fear we may have slightly offended one of our readers because it says first, where is your
1: Brown County representative? It's the official art colony of the Midwest. So. Well, of course, uh, Brown County is with the Bloomington Area Arts Council. Uh, I believe they do have a regional office there. And Catherine Pascal, who is our outreach director, is quite often in Brown County working with that organization, working with the artist colony out there. Um, Warren, you and Mark, I mean, Monroe
0: County is on one side and Bartholomew County is on the other side. Terre Haute's is a little further afield. But could each of you sort of talk about the importance of Brown County in this area's um, arts and the attraction of people who want to come here
3: yeah we the columbus works closely particularly the visitor centers in in brown county and in bartholomew county work very closely in marketing because we know it's very easy for people who are coming to columbus for us to say you know while you're here why don't you just drive another 20 minutes and go into nashville and enjoy that that, that whole brown county scene and vice versa and, and i know that there's been a lot of talk um Really recently, about kind of creating a trail now, when we talk about trail we 're talking about driving, not not hiking, but a, um, an arts and cultural trail between Columbus, Nashville, and bloomington because it 's such an easy drive it 's a beautiful drive, and there 's so much to see along the way, and there would be a lot of promotion around the around those three uh, venues being so close and having so much to offer. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I agree completely. The the talent that Brown County has to offer, the beauty of the landscape, uh, the the fall foliage, the amount of people it brings through this area, it would be very remiss to not talk about them. The, the institutions such as the Brown County Playhouse, which has partnered up with Indiana University for a season there. Uh, some of my favorite events actually take place in Bean Blossom every year mm-hmm. with the uh, with the Bill Monroe Bluegrass Festivals, Uncle Penn Blues Days. Uh, I'm out there probably twice, three times a year just to, to Bean Blossom.
0: And I, and I don't know if this is true in, in Terre Haute, John, but you can certainly enlighten us. Mm-hmm. If there's an art festival in it's like the 4th Street Festival, uh, our 4th Street Art Shows in, in Bloomington, there usually are several artists who are from Brown County that wind up uh, in those juried shows.
2: Sure. Uh, the 27th and 28th of this month, week from Saturday, is uh, the Crossroads Arts Fest at the Terre Haute Street Fair. And that's going to be uh, in downtown Terre Haute in front of the Holman Center Plaza across from Clabber Girl. Mm -hmm. More than likely, there will be a Brown County artist there.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Second part of this uh, email says, second, uh, Columbus has many venues for performing arts. Will there be venues for visual arts other than large outdoor sculptures? I'd like to see more opportunities for photographers, painters, textile artists, etc.
3: That's a great comment because um, we lost uh, two galleries when the commons came down, a small a community gallery and then um, our Columbus Museum of Art and Design, um, they the, lost their facility. The organization is still vibrant and working on – their board is meeting regularly to um, pl- make their plans for reopening a new facility and wh- what what exactly it will be and where it will be and what it will look like is yet to be announced. But um, uh, they're they're definitely behind the scenes figuring out what their what their future will look like, um, and I I agree. Um, the Arts Council we even manage a very small little gallery space in Hotel Indigo because they were interested in having ongoing um, uh, regional artist um, exhibit in a public space, and uh, we were happy to help them with that and and, and re, you know jury the artists and 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 uh hang the exhibits and advertise them and stuff like that but it's true um, i think that columbus could use some more public gallery space and it is a um a tough thing one of the things one of the reasons why we did public art is because i believe it's a lot harder to get the public at least um, particularly in columbus if they want to drive if they have to if they want to go to the indianapolis museum of art it's a, a major trip and um What we find is that a lot of the community is not interested in going to destination art Exhibit kind of thing, so we said, okay, well, we're going to put art out there where you're going to drive by it on your way to work. You're going to have a passive experience, but it's going to be there, and you're going to react to it. And and you know, and if you want to come back and spend more time with that piece, that's great. It's there for you, and it's a way to kind of say that our gallery is out in our community, and it's our chance to see that. But I totally agree um, as far as like 2D art and a lot of, and and things like that. We are always looking for new ways to um, exhibit that in Columbus. It's probably a good time to
0: ask each of view about uh, what you see as, as the needs of your organizations or communities in terms of of really building the arts um,
2: in your in your towns John? Uh, I think getting people that might not be that might not consider themselves arts patrons to come out and explore some of these and the, def, the the very real impact that that can have so you know audience development is certainly something of an issue, and getting some of those younger people to arts events is something that we're looking at addressing. Okay, how do, how do you do that? How, you know, arts well, de- art, audience development is always a tricky thing. Mm-hmm. Well, w- when you're out there in the community, you know, you're working with tons of different people for tons of different events and a lot of them necessarily wouldn't be arts patrons. You know, we just – we started an audience development group at Arts Leanna. We had our second um, event that we went to this week and basically that's uh, Arts Leanna staff and just uh, getting on the phone and calling. You know, thirty, forty people that kind of fit that demographic, but just aren't going to arts events. And so we took them over to uh, rose Holman University and saw their performing arts series, saw a uh, barrage, which was fantastic. It was incredible. So we're hoping that that
3: starts something and we can make it grow. Okay, Warren needs uh, audience development is definitely definitely it, and I, we are always challenged with new thinking outside of the box of how to get people, young professionals. Young professionals is a big goal of ours. A lot of them don't want to buy season tickets. A lot of them don't want to lock into a schedule. They want to make their decision uh, the night before with their friends. What are we going to do tonight? You know, Are we going to go to the Philharmonic and hear a concert? You know, Are there tickets available? Are we going to be able to um, – uh, find the place you know things like that it it's um it's a challenge it's a real challenge but i think it forces us as creative people to always be thinking of creative ways to engage um the non-traditional audience person i think and um, introduce them to the arts and you think about children and you think about are they inter- interested in seeing visual arts 2d art are they interested in ta- is somebody giving them a camera and letting them take take pictures and and exhibit their work um uh, are they uh, interested in seeing the Nutcracker? Do they know what a ballet is, or the, do they understand the message and 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 how to tell the story through dance and things like that? Those are the things that we're always looking for ways to expose them to these things and let them know how how exciting it is. The Philharmonic has a children's series, and and they have like a guy dressed in a. Um, penguin outfit in a costume who talks to the kids, you know, to engage them and make it fun for them. And, and then they, they're introduced to the classical music scene in a really fun and entertaining way. Mm-hmm. Mark?
1: Uh, you know, audience development also. We've had pretty good luck. Um, you know, I feel our shows are, are primarily well attended. Um, I came from a bit more of a nightclub background. So when I moved over to the Waldron, we did start to introduce a little bit more of the rock and roll culture which is an audience base that was not really familiar with the Waldron. And luckily we were able to do this on Sunday through Wednesdays, so we didn't necessarily push aside our regular programming. And we have the unique opportunity of being able to have a nightclub environment and having underage uh, underage patrons in there. And it's wonderful to see uh, 200 people at the in the auditorium where 75% of them had never been in the building uh, we then also leave our art gallery open for those times, so they get to see that. We've got a fabulous exhibit right now from a local painter named Joel Washington, who does really bright, vibrant, vivid, uh, vivid interpretations of musical icons, uh, which has been doing doing well. I think Bloomington, for all of the venues that it has, though, is is missing a midsize venue. Uh, my both my performance spaces are relatively booked through next June. And, you know, 200 people is my largest venue. The next step up in town, unless you're at the university, is, is a 600-seat theater. And, and you pretty much need to fill that. So having a three to 400-range facility would be really helpful. And we also don't have a uh, really dedicated artist studio space for artists to work in. And so those are some of the areas that, that I think Bloomington needs to work on.
0: I've heard of art, the artist studio space being an issue and, and I see Warren yeah, and, and John both nodding. Sure. So, mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. OK. We've got about one minute to go. I want to uh, give you the opportunity to offer a website, phone number if anybody wants more information.
2: Sure. John, uh, go to Artiliana.org. Um, we've got a calendar of events. There's some amazing things coming up um, in the next days, weeks, and in the next couple of months. So uh, check it out or give us a call at 235-5007. OK.
3: Warren? Uh, www.artsincolumbus.org is our website. Always up to date. It has all the events that we're involved with and our partners as well. And we have the Driftwood Valley Music Festival, American Music in the Heartland coming up on February – I mean – Sorry, Friday, September 26th and Saturday, September 27th. And if you've never seen an open iron pour, you should come see that Friday night. It's incredible. OK. And last uh, 10
1: seconds. www.artlives.org for the Arts Council. Also check out BloomingtonArts.info, which is a citywide calendar kind of clearinghouse for those, this local community. All right. Thank you to uh,
0: Mark Cheeto, Warren Baumgart and John Robeson. I'm Bob Zaltzberg. Thanks for listening.
2: Thank you. Thank you.